Imagine going to a mental health office or psychiatrist's office and after your initial appointment, which sometimes can be between 30 minutes to 60 minutes, and you are expecting to walk out of that office with a prescription for wellness and the provider says, no, I'm not going to prescribe a medication on this first appointment. I would like to collect some more data. That can be concerning. And the data they are requesting to collect is blood levels. They want to check what's in your blood. Now, mental health do have a lot of stigma. When it comes to psychiatrist office or mental health offices, normally blood work is not done traditionally. And that's because we deal more with the psychosocial aspect of wellness. But we do know a lot of functional psychiatrists and mental health offices and part of just what will be your wellness care will be getting blood work. The stigma with blood work for most clients is if they're checking blood work, sometimes they're fearful that they may be checking for substance use. So many clients do tend to walk out of this appointment feeling frustrated. And the frustration is not because they do not want to participate in getting blood work done, but there's just been a lack of information about the specific type of providers that can order labs or check your blood levels to see how your wellness is. And part of this podcast today, we are going to talk a little bit more about who can order labs and what can be done just in general when it comes to assessing your wellness. This podcast today is going to be about inflammation. While the stigma associated with getting blood draws in mental health offices, I want to normalize this as a potential norm or expectation because when we set expectations for clients and educate them and encourage them, we tend to be able to support wellness a lot better than when we surprise them with information that makes them have to question what is their expectation of that initial visit. So, my name again is Umu. I'm a psychiatric nurse practitioner, or specifically a holistic nutritional psychiatry nurse practitioner with over 21 years of medical nursing experience. And I am now merging into mind and body wellness coaching. A client of mine, a previous client of mine, came into the office for initial assessment. She was experiencing anxiety, had already been started on anxiety medication and referred to my office. On initial appointment, the medication was just started, so it takes about four to six weeks for those medication to work. So part of the assessment was having to come back with options about getting blood work done. While she was perceptive to accepting getting the blood work done. She did not get the blood work done for another month and her medication was not showing effectiveness. Now, to be very realistic and very honest, a body that's inflamed, regardless of medical treatment, no medication tends to truly show its potential effect or positive effect. And we do know the reason for that. When the body is severely inflamed, all the bioengineering cofactors that needs to support the body staying alive in terms of those tiny bit of cellular functions gets allocated to supporting the cells to work. So what will be potential 
gatekeepers that may allow or signaling molecules or receptor sites being more favorable to accept the medication working, they're not going to be able to respond in a way to support medication working if the inflammation is so high. So which means even though the medication may work, it may take a longer time for you to see a positive effect. And for a person that's severely anxious, that can also magnify the symptoms and make the condition even worse. She had come into the office with severe anxiety, shortness of breath, dizziness. She had elevated blood pressure. She had some cardiac symptoms. So a month later, I finally encouraged her to get the blood work done. The blood work came back with a lot of different inflammatory markers elevated. We're talking D-dimer, ANA, and we're talking aspects of other nutritional labs being abnormal. With that being said, we are now gonna talk about just what are inflammatory biomarkers. Inflammatory biomarkers are a series of blood work that gets to be done and they're done to assess what is the body operating functioning levels. One may be byproducts that are accumulating within the body and what may be the body response to excrete them, detox them, remove them out of the system. So the inflammatory markers actually pick up abnormalities as to how your body is working on the daily basis. There's a lot of different inflammatory markers. Inflammation that may actually predispose the inflammatory markers to be elevated can be caused by different organisms, so bacteria, virus, fungi. It can also be caused by poor oxygenation, poor nutrition, metabolic disorders and dysfunctions, and a whole lot of different things that can happen that can put a person's body in suboptimum perfusion and functionality. And those will actually cause inflammatory markers to be elevated. Now, I'm gonna go through a series of questions that normally gets to be asked by clients when it comes to what is an inflammatory marker? Why do I need to have them? How often do I need to have them? What types of markers exist? And now that I have those markers, what are gonna be my responsibility to support my wellness? So I explained what inflammatory markers are. We're talking getting blood work that shows what your body is doing in terms of checking for potential causes of inflammation in the different systems and the different organs. Now, every inflammatory markers would produce some form of physical manifestation, physical inflammatory factors. And some of those physical inflammatory factors can be a change in how you breathe, a change in your heart rate, a change in your respiration, your blood pressure, pain, changes to your skin, and different organs can be actually affected in that aspect. How does your skin express the color? Are you turning yellow? Is your color more dusky? Are you flushing more? So every inflammatory markers that do happen do have some physical symptoms. The difference is 
how do we get to identify these different physical manifestations? The second question gets to be, why should I monitor these markers? That's one that normally most people do not get to ask the primary care doctor's office. It tends to be a question that actually gets to be more specific for specialty office. Why should I get this specific blood work done? And the quick way to simplify why you may want to or why you may choose to, and it's always a personal option. Your providers are always gonna give you options and recommendations and suggestions. Part of wellness is that collaborative um, relationship between you and your provider that allows you guys to make decision on what will be the next step towards your wellness. But why would you want to check these levels? It's almost like saying, why would you want to check your infant as they grow, their weight and their height? The reason you're checking is because you may be able to pick up on changes in whether it's the child is growing slower, their weight is under, or their nutrition may not be supporting their weight gain or their height gain. And how do you now get to use preventive measures to support the child growing healthy? When it comes to blood work, it almost gets to be, do you want to know what may be potential damages that we unconsciously, actively, unconsciously, consciously predispose ourselves to and the potential transient or permanent damage it may cause in our bodies. These inflammatory markers allows us to know what may be changing and how we can support reversing those changes or actually supporting more of a wellness. So if you were diagnosed with diabetes, part of the inflammatory marker is checking what's called a hemoglobin A1C. The hemoglobin A1C looks at what has been the potential for your body to not metabolize glucose correctly over a three month to six month period. Now, when the levels are elevated, you get to have a diagnosis of prediabetes or diabetes. However, if you already had those inflammatory markers checked and they were normal, it's something you almost get to think about. How often do I get to check to make sure I'm not pushing that number above what will put me into an inflammation? So while the marker itself can be normal at first, having to check it eventually and over time throughout the years allows you now to have a way to be more active participant in knowing that if it's ever above this number, now I'm in inflammation. One of the easiest way to find out whether you are doing right by your body, by your lifestyle behaviors or not. So do you want to check it? From my standpoint, yes, I would want to check it. However, those are going to be decisions that you get to decide with your primary care providers or your mental health providers. The other question gets to be, does these inflammatory markers affect the brain and the body? Yes. Every inflammation in our body affects specific organs, but all the organs work in unison with each other, which means my brain is going to work with my heart. My brain tells my heart how strong it's going to contract over time. It sends chemical signals. My heart supports my lungs. My lungs supports my heart. My heart supports my brain. My kidneys supports my heart, my lungs, my brain. 
So while the specific inflammatory marker may be, say, we check a marker that looks at your kidney function and the kidney shows some abnormalities, it may not just impact the kidneys. What impacts the kidneys are gonna impact the heart, the lungs, the brain. So inflammatory markers means an inflammation that's systemic. And while it may be a specific test geared towards, say, diabetes, or a specific test geared towards your heart or your kidneys, once one of those organs becomes inflamed, the rest of the body tends to start to break down in relation to one organ being down. The other question gets to be, does an inflammatory marker mean I'm sick? Does an elevation in the marker mean I'm sick? Yes and no. Sometimes the elevation means there's a potential you are starting to show inflammation that may lead to different disease processes. Or you are starting to cause a breakdown in specific system or your body's going through a breakdown in specific system that needs to be addressed. However, most of the times, a lot of us are not checking these inflammatory markers, which means by the time we are testing, we are already in some aspect of an onset, meaning the disease is active, or we may be in a chronic, which means we've been in that disease process for a longer time, and we do not know, or we did not know we were in that disease process for a longer time. So does that mean that having the marker indicate you are sick and or unwell? The answer now gets to be yes or no. Yes will be if you are in an active disease process, the markers will be severely elevated. No will be the levels are mildly elevated and it's now giving you an opportunity to work on it. The question I get a lot gets to be, should a mental health provider or psychiatric office order blood work or inflammatory markers? That question is a yes. Any medical provider that's been trained and have their certifications and expertise in providing you with wellness have been trained to actually get this blood work done. Now, a lot of offices may not be comfortable interpreting these results, which means they get to work in collaborative care model with other offices that will support having to interpret your labs and go into treatment interventions. So if your psychiatrist chooses to order labs, they may choose to give you a prescription to get the labs done and have those labs been sent to your primary care doctor's office. Or they may actually say, please reach out to your primary care doctor's office and get these specific labs. And once you get the result, we get to discuss it. Other offices actually get the lab work done and address what can be addressed and then refer you out to experts or specialist office. And part of the care model gets to be all of these providers are having conversation on how to support your wellness. So if you are seeing a medical doctor in a psychiatrist's office, seeing a nurse practitioner in a psychiatrist's office, seeing a physician assistant in a psychiatrist's office, you may actually get them to have blood work being drawn with you and they may actually have to use your primary care doctor to actually interpret those labs and refer you back to their services to continue your treatment plan. But they are experts to be able to order labs and actually use those labs to 
plan what is your treatment goals. The other question gets to be, once you have an active or positive inflammatory markers, are those permanent or are they transient, which means the levels are there, but with lifestyle interventions, they may not be permanent. Yes. For most chronic individuals that have been in different disease processes, once the levels are elevated, those inflammatory markers are elevated, if the organ is now dysfunction or the organ is now in failure, those numbers tend to stay elevated. They do not go down because the organ is now in failure. However, if this is a new onset and the levels are just newly starting to be elevated, you have every chance, every opportunity to have those inflammatory markers reversed. And those are ones we tend to see in individuals with an ANA that is starting to be elevated because there's other inflammatory markers or nutritional deficits that's affecting it. That tends to kind of go back to baseline. But D-dimer is another one that tends to go back down once the inflammation has resolved. A C-reactive protein, the same. Things like kidney failures, once those kidney levels are elevated and the patient is in failure, those numbers tend to stay higher. However, if it's just a new onset and the numbers are gradually starting to elevate, a lot of treatment intervention actually supports reducing those inflammatory markers back to baseline. A person who would have been type 2 diabetic can actually have the hemoglobin A1c reversed and what would be their diagnosis of diabetes reversed. And the, we will talk about just how that gets to happen. The other question I get to kind of ask a lot is the fact that how often should I be monitoring these markers? Generally, a healthy person may choose to have their markers monitored every year or maybe every two years. It's different for pediatric because the process can be painful. So if a child is healthy, most providers may choose to do it maybe every two to three or four years. And that's also going to be an option between you and your medical providers to decide how often you may want to assess or monitor your child's inflammatory markers. However, for adults, because of our stressful life, sometimes it's recommended for you to try getting what will be a baseline and reassessment every year. And if you're very healthy, you can push that to every year and a half or every two years, but every year is recommended. One of the questions I get to be asked a lot is, are there specific inflammatory markers for mental health? Yes. Your brain is connected to your body. Your body is connected to your brain. So while there may be few inflammatory markers that we can see impacting neurological function and mental wellness, every inflammation that happens in the body and inflammatory markers that's elevated in the body is going to have a direct side effect on how the brain performs, all of them. A D-dimer that's elevated tells us that your body may have a potential to form clots. But a D-timer being elevated is actually elevated because your vascular system, your blood circulating system is inflamed. And one of the things that will elevate your D-timer is high blood pressure. 
high blood pressure actually steals your cognitive function and we do now know that high blood pressure predisposes you to having to develop early Alzheimer's or dementia or vascular dementia per se. So every inflammatory markers that affects your body is directly going to affect your brain and anything that affects your brain affects your mental wellness. What are the different types of inflammatory markers? There is a lot of them. And while it may be easier for me to give you a long list of just what the inflammatory markers is, I want to say that most of the times the inflammatory markers that do get to be checked is gonna be based on your symptoms. You go into your doctor's office, you start to explain your story in terms of the symptoms onset, you're having a conversation. As you're having a conversation, your doctor is actually picking out what are the specific tests they need to draw. Now, if you're somebody who is already medical conscious and health conscious and a strong advocate for your wellness, you may actually have some recommendations that you may converse with your medical provider as to, do you think we may need to check these levels? And those would be conversations to have. But there's a lot of different inflammatory markers that are associated with just how inflamed your bodies are and what may be the impact of your wellness when it comes to mental and physical. So with this podcast, I almost get to kind of say what is the caveat or the end goal? The end goal gets to be a lot of the times patients who have these inflammatory markers checked they will receive the results and what gets to be the outcome after that initial inflammatory marker result gets to be sometimes lack of active forward preventive measures. Once you've had what will be your inflammatory markers checked, I get to say it's always best for you to go back and truly look at what are considered a normal range from the abnormal range. Now, as individuals, all of our normals will be different. Our lab reference guidance allows us to know where we fall in that normal versus abnormal. But once you have inflammation, it becomes now an accountability issue and a responsibility issue as to how do I put myself in a position to support what is showing inflamed. So a person that may have an elevated AMA, uh, ANA, which is anti-nucleic acid antibodies, which tells us your body's having an immune response, which tells us that your body's actually, your immune response are fighting your cells, comes from different inflammatory happening in your body. A low vitamin D, poor nutrition, poor quality of life, other different metabolic disorders can activate that. A hemoglobin A1C, your body's now having to fight what is the increase in your glucose due to the lack of your body being able to metabolize and break down those glucose correctly or use them correctly. So a person who may have an elevated a, hemoglobin A1C or ANA, once you have those levels, you get to step back and say, what are my everyday actions that can support reducing these numbers? A person with 
of diabetes predisposition means you get to watch your exercise, you get to watch your nutrition, you get to watch what will be any other lifestyle modification that supports reducing that numbers, which we do know, we do now have studies that shows even while in treatment, once you are able to implement lifestyle modifications, you are able to reduce or reverse what is that type 2 diabetes diagnosis. A person that's ANA, their immune systems are starting to become very inflamed and it's starting to affect or attack itself. You get to say, what lifestyle modifications do I need to implement to support strengthening my immune systems? What will be the nutrition I need to implement? What will be the level of exercise I need to implement? What will be the level of hydration and breathing I need to implement to support reducing that number? A D-dimer for an example gets to happen. My coagulation factors are now becoming abnormal. And if they're abnormal, it means I'm gonna be at risk for clots. What do I need to do on an everyday basis to reduce that number? So some of the tips I'm gonna leave you with will be, how do you get to take those inflammatory markers and how do you get to now move forward with having to be an active participant advocate to support your wellness? And it's gonna be starting with empowerment. By you actively saying what your inflammatory markers is, for at least a lot of the clients have taken care of or treated, by them having to be an active participant as we go through those labs, they're able to now be more empowered to educate themselves into taking on more lifestyle behaviors that supports their wellness. Another aspect that you can take or tips you can take towards having to support your wellness would be having to educate your family and friends about what is your newfound knowledge. Part of knowledge gets to be shared knowledge, which means at the end of the day, you now have people who are aware of the potential medical effects that you are struggling with and what will be them having to now support you. And outside of support, it gets to also be, if there's a potential, some of these inflammatory markers are due to lifestyle or heredity or genetics, now you get to now empower them to start to move in a forward moving direction. There's a direct feedback response that action brings back to you. You having to now empower their wellness actually empowers you to continue to move forward. Um, another recommendation gets to be work with your medical provider closely, which means their recommendation is coming from a place of beneficence. They are trying to move you forward and help support your wellness as best as possible. Their recommendations are going to be based on what is medical evidence and scientific evidence. While you may do other aspect of wellness approaches at home, that's very much recommended. It's always based, It's always best you go back and you have what will be that collaborative conversation about any aspect of treatment modality you're doing at home or interventions you're doing at home, plus any adjunct you are doing with them. That keeps the relationship one as a stronger relationship and that also allows you to have an open communication with them as to what you are doing. And by you doing that, it also allows them to feel empowered that you are actively taking care of supporting what is your wellness at home while they are taking care of you when you see them in the office. We get to see our doctors maybe every six months, every year, every two years. It means we are spending a lot more time with ourselves than with our medical providers. 
which means if we do not get to actively take those forward movements while we are not seeing them, by the time we see them, it means we're still in uh, starting ground of actually still not getting the wellness we need. So any aspect of you having to work harder on supporting your wellness in between the time you see your providers gets to be very highly beneficial. And the last aspect gets to be follow your recommended appointments, visits. It's very difficult for a lot of mental health patients to stay on schedule or wellness patients to stay on schedule with their appointments. If you're given an appointment to see your provider back in two weeks or in a month or in three months, adhering to that appointment gets to be so beneficial for you because when it comes to mental wellness or physical wellness, there's an aspect that your wellness changes every single day based on what you do, what you eat, and what would be any aspect of environmental exposure. So staying close to what is their recommendation for follow-ups would be very beneficial. Again, this topic has been on inflammatory markers and what are some of the ways that you get to see what inflammatory markers are and what you have the ability to control, which is the aspect of taking care of your wellness at home in between your appointments. If this podcast topic has been beneficial, please feel free to subscribe and share. Please feel free to join me in my Facebook community. Um, you can find us on Facebook by looking for Holistic Mental Wellness Group, community group. Um, the link will be in the show notes. Now, part of preventive wellness is early intervention. If you're experiencing what is mental wellness or physical wellness, it's best you seek out early intervention because that's the way we can prevent our brain from remodeling and preventing our brain from further inflammation. With that being said, you guys have a wonderful day.